Welcome to the Heart Matters Podcast with your host, Ibn Leon. Join us as we explore the intricacies of spirituality and self-improvement. Gain a fresh perspective on enhancing your spiritual, emotional, and mental well-being through the fusion of spirituality and self-improvement. Enjoy Ibn's engaging conversations with guests from diverse backgrounds. They share unique perspectives on personal growth and holistic health. From spiritual leaders to relationship experts, entrepreneurs to creatives, each episode delivers knowledge and inspiration. Tune in to the Heart Matters podcast for profound conversations and practical advice empowering you to live your best life. Chapter 5 Inspiring Stories Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. is an interesting relationship. As far as I know, it's the only one that has a formal public ritual to it. You stand up in front of friends and family or a public official and two witnesses and make a commitment to each other. It is a legal contract that binds you to each other at least for a period of time. In other words, you make a commitment to each other and the relationship. But what exactly does that mean, that word commitment? Well, that's what I'm going to be talking about today with my guest, fellow relationship coach, author, and podcast host, Lewis Morris. So, Lewis, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about, you know, I, I, I love getting into definitions of words. <laughs> so, thanks so much. Okay, so we're talking about commitment. All right, now look, Leslie. Let's look at it this way. Most of most of the marriages that take place in the world, mm-hmm. they take place in a religious institution. Many, mm-hmm. or or there is a religious, some form of religious minister mm-hmm. performing the marriage. Correct. There's a reason for that. There's there's actually a reason for that. You know. Okay. Yeah. And that means yeah. it would be what? <laughs> okay, because it's not only it's not only a covenant between the two people, mm-hmm. but it's between the covenant between the two people and God. Okay, that's why. So it is, you know, it's 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 a commitment, but it's a different kind of commitment because of the religious uh, backdrop, if you will. Okay. All right? Right. So that's why most of them are performed under under a religious umbrella. Okay. So I, I wanted to put that out there first. And, and I so appreciate that. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and um, we're, both, we're both contributors to um, a site called The Good Men Project, and you wrote a piece for them, which was titled Commitment and Trust Equals Relationship Longevity. 
So, which mm-hmm. I think is, is amazing. And I loved the article and, you know, I mean, and, and I do think that commitment to a marriage is, has its own challenges and, and you expanded on what that term means. Um, but, but how does it actually, or how should it show up? Um, commitment? How should it show up in a marriage? What, what makes this a different kind of thing? And, and, and what does it actually mean? Oh, okay. So a commitment in a marriage means that the two people are going, you're not just going to establish a long-term relationship, but you're looking to build something substantial, a family, a Mm -hmm. home, maybe even a community. Mm-hmm. You know, of people, you know, saying that, you know, that are of similar belief and similar commitment. You know, that's what you're looking I mean, that's what it's that's what it meant in the past. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? That's what it that's what it meant in the past. You know, in the fifties and the sixties, that's what it was. People would get married, the neighbors would be there, you know, mm-hmm. and then after that, you know, they would have like they would have dinners and you know, and luncheons and they would invite the neighbors, and, you know, they would all come over and they would have similar uh, beliefs, you know, as as their neighbors did, like that. That's what it meant in the past. You know, now that things have changed, it's a new era, you know, that doesn't apply so much. But in many cases, it does does still apply. You know what I'm saying? You're looking to establish not only a, a tight bond with the person that you're being intimate with, but also you're looking to build a family structure so that you can raise your children, you know, with, with a certain moral compass, you know, and you're looking to bond with people who are like you, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're married, you're in a committed relationship, mm-hmm. you're looking to raise your children in a certain way, like that, you know, and, you know, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think it's a beautiful thing, actually. Well, so, so what I'm hearing you, tell me is that marriage isn't just about personal happiness no because this is you know I mean and 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 I think that that actually kind of can distract people and yes I I personally don't use the word miserable in the same sentence as marriage I don't think that marriage should be a situation where you're miserable but I do think that people can underestimate how how big how much bigger the concept of marriage is than what most people think about and and you I think you've described it very well in terms that it's you're actually creating something more than just a romantic relationship with somebody um, and I think mm-hmm. that really is what makes marriage so different that it 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 can done well it can serve as the glue for a lot of things. And you've mentioned, you know, obviously the relationship with, with your partner, but, but if you decide to have a family and the, and the greater community, you know, your, your immediate community and then the greater community at large, I, you know, I really think that that's, that taking a look at it from that bigger concept might actually help people look at it differently or prepare for it differently or commit to it differently? Am I even on the right track? 
Yes, you're, you're on the right track. The, the key is now a lot of times people romanticize mm-hmm. about marriage, and that's where they go wrong. They start mm-hmm. to believe that every day that they're married is going to be like the wedding day. <laughs> and that's, that's, you know, that's not reality. You know, it's not right. going to be that way. You know, mm-hmm. but many people, you know, we look at these movies and we listen to these love songs and we start to think that marriage is like that. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? However, if you put the work in and you spend the time with your significant other, you will be happy. Now, what that means is I'm not saying that you're going to be giddy every day. What I'm yeah. saying is, is that because you put the work in, and you've committed to this person, and this person is committed to you, and you trust each other, you know no matter what happens that you can rely on this person, that this person is going to be there for you during the hard times and the easy times, that this person can be confided in, that they can be trusted with your secrets. That that allows you a certain comfort even when things aren't going well. You understand what I'm saying? It allows you to be comfortable even when things aren't going well because you have this person that you count on and you know that you can. So it brings a certain you, – you may not be happy, but you will have a certain confidence and a certain uh, calmness during that period because of the other person. And, and that I love, makes sense. It does, and I love that. And you, and you mentioned a very specific word that I want to go after because you talk about trust, and that's the other thing. Commitment and trust equals relationship longevity in your title. So what actually does it mean to trust, to, and, and what makes that essential for creating a healthy marriage that can last through those challenging times? Okay, so... This is, this is a twofold thing, but I'm going to make it quick. So I, I had a discussion with some people about this, and I was mm-hmm. talking to another relationship coach. And he said that his coach wrote a book. I can't remember the name of the book right now, but it was for men. Mm-hmm. Why men are not comfortable being vulnerable with their significant other. Yep. And in the book, she interviewed a bunch of men and asked them this question. And they said the reason that they're not comfortable is because they don't want to be belittled by the woman that they're with, or they don't want sensitive information to be used against them later in an argument or anything like that. Right. So in that situation, you can't really develop a trust because the man is not sharing. Uh And if the man is not sharing, then the woman is going to get frustrated because she's not getting the intimacy that she wants from the man because you have to be vulnerable in order to establish intimacy. Correct. So there's going to be a lack of trust there because you're not being open with one another mutually. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that when you, when you can, when you can share with a person openly and not worry about the things being used against you or you being belittled, Uh you know what I'm saying? it brings about a certain level of trust to where you, 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 you say to yourself, okay, I can, I can trust this person with anything. Right. Because they've taken the information that you've given them and they've 
kept it and they yeah. protected it and they valued it. So that's that's what I you know that's what I was alluding to you know in the article you know so I don't you know I don't know if I use those specific words but that's what I was alluding to. Well, and you and you say this, and it is it is so critically important um, that when somebody shares their their harder thoughts and feelings, the things that they struggle with, the things what you were talking about being being vulnerable. And I share that with you. It needs to be treated like the very precious gift that it is. And and I love what you're saying about you. Know, we cannot. It cannot be used against us because if I share something with you and it comes flying back at me in a in a harsh, punishing way, what you've actually told me is I can't share with you. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's. Yeah, because it's not safe. And, you know, I mean, and, and, uh, you know, there's a part of me that says, you know, why if you loved somebody, would you do that to them? Um, because to me, that's just so like, no, don't do that. Um, but, but, you know, I, I guess that that is when we, you know, the idea that we want to hurt our partners, which again, I mean, now I've been with my husband for almost 40 years. I have annoyed the crap out of him at times. He's annoyed me at times. But but we have but we have always to the you know protected each other. You know, he's never used stuff against me. I've never used stuff against him. And it may I think that's really why we've lasted so long. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm sure that's that's a big part of it. But when you look at the other side of it, when you look at people who don't do that, it, mm-hmm. it is because of a lack of healing mm-hmm. um, and, like I said, a lack of concern for the other person's feelings and emotions. It doesn't mean that they – it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't love the other person. Okay. You know, they, they, could, right. they could love the other person. However, because they haven't healed from uh, whatever has happened in their past, whether it's relationship trauma or whatever, mm-hmm. or they are used to doing this – in other relationships, so this has become a pattern for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they do it in the in the current in, in the marriage that they're in. But the point the point is is that they have to do the work in order to get out of that. Because once you do that, whether it's a man or a woman, you do that to your significant other, then you're gonna get less from them. They may not. It might not cause a divorce. It might not cause right. a split. But it will damage the relationship because now the person views certain things that they keep within themselves, uh, you're not worthy of it anymore because you mm-hmm. can't be trusted with it. You see? So it does damage the trust in a way. So, you know, you, you need to be cognizant of that, that it's going to damage the trust, you know, if you do that. Right. So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking commitment and trust with relationship coach, author, and podcast host, Lewis Morris. And if you struggle with truly trusting your spouse or fully committing to your relationship, you're not alone. But these are essential elements if you're going to create a marriage that not just survives, but actually thrives. And if you're ready to tackle either of these areas, I can help. So I'm inviting you to please take a moment and give me a call or send me an email 
to schedule your free five-star relationship call, you can reach me by email at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N is in Nancy, C is in Charlie.com, or by telephone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. And now I want to get back to this conversation about commitment, trust, and healthy relationships. So, Lewis, you also in your article stress the importance of open communication. So, what does this look like? What would open communication be? Okay, so I I recommend, this is just my recommendation, that Mm -hmm. couples who have committed committed to each other, that they have quarterly check in Mm-hmm. Meaning, meaning that you do this four times a year. Now, the reason I say quarterly is because I think every month or every two months would be overkill, okay. and I think once every six months is too far apart. Gotcha. So I think you should. I think couples should have a check-in every ninety days where they sit down and talk about the relationship, not the kids, not the bills. You could do that anytime. Right. But mm-hmm. just what should be added to the marriage, what should be taken away, what's working, what's not working, you know, saying what, you know, plan some date nights, things like mm-hmm. that. So in that regard, you're always communicating about the marriage because mm-hmm. that's the most important relationship. Right. Regardless, that's the most important relationship. The the kids are important. We're not saying that the kids aren't important, but they're not as important as you and your wife or your husband. They're not as important as, no. So you have to, like, you have to be able to talk and discuss and work out and and add to and subtract from the marriage in order to keep it alive and growing and getting better and like this. So that's what, you know, that's part of what I meant by having open communication. And people, both people have to be, you know, have to be honest and they have to be able to take constructive criticism. I don't mean yelling at each other and calling right. each other names. I'm always talking against that. I'm just saying be able to take criticism in order to improve the relationship. Well, and, you know, and I, and I love that because in, in pretty much every other area of our lives we we give and get feedback but for, but you know for some reason a lot of times in marriage the feedback comes up in not necessarily planned and therefore not healthy ways i mean if we're if we're kind of just you know if, I, if i'm annoyed with you and we're having an off the cuff conversation then the chance of it you know, going into the ditch is high, whereas if we have this set time where we're just going to kind of do a review of how things are going, um, you know, on a, on a regular basis where we can course correct, you know, um, you, you know, people miscommunicate all the time. I will say things and my husband doesn't understand what I mean or, or vice versa, and it's not a big deal, right? We just, it's like, okay, let's fix this. But, but you know, if, 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 it, if that miscommunication or that 
misconnection goes on for too long, then you know our marriage can be in real trouble. I remember hearing from I think you know from a pilot that if you are off course just by one degree, which is not much, right? After after a couple of hours, you're thousands of miles off course. <laughs> because because wow. we haven't stopped to pay attention. And you know, and, and I, I think the same thing of relationships. You know, we and, and the other thing I think that happens is that if we're not meeting and talking about the relationship, then you know, things can get taken for granted and you know, the, the, the importance of that relationship is diminished. And I think that's what you're saying about, you know, the, the need to have these regular things to keep the marriage front and center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the most important relationship that you have in yeah. your life. Now, you know, I've gotten pushed back on that. You know, people say, you know, you know, well, what about your mother, you know, your father, and all, you know, what about the kids? You know, but you, you really have to think about it from an intimate standpoint. There's nobody, there's nobody that you pillow talk with. Right. Except your husband or your wife. That's, well, who, you, that's, who, you, that's who you pillow talk with. I mean, about things, about significant things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, and everybody knows what that is. Everybody knows what pillow talk is. It's pretty intimate. Right. You know, you don't you don't do that, you don't do that with your mother. You know, you're not well, doing that with not. your father. But anyway, we hope you're not doing yeah, that you're, with you're your mother. You're not doing that. You know, what I'm you're not you're not doing that with them. So you you have to look at it from that. There's nobody that you're closer to than that person. You know, and I'm just using that as an example. You right. know, what I'm but that's an that's a concrete example. You know, to prove that there's nobody closer to you than that person. Well, but going back to what you were saying at the beginning, and, you know, this is what I tell my clients, is that, you know, that forsaking all others part of the marriage vow? <laughs> that means everybody that's not your spouse. And I know we live in a very child-centric society where, you know, um, we want to you know, make sure our children have everything that they need to succeed. And what most people either aren't aware of or forget is that the biggest gift that you can give your kids is to take care of your marriage because that's what gives them the strong foundation, not that they get everything that they, that, you know, that they want to have. And, and I think that that's a, a focus that has gotten shifted. I'm not exactly sure why I have my own theories, but but it's really about how do we protect this primary relationship. So I want to ask, what gets in the way of having this open communication, this open regular communication? Why, why is it that couples don't do this? Okay, well, it could, be, it could be a number of things. You know, one, they start to, like you said, they start to take the marriage for granted. That could be that could be a problem, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, you know, they start to think to themselves, oh, you know, he or she's not going anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, which mm-hmm. is which is a bad thought, you know. That's not a good thought, you know. Right. But they start to think that, you know, or or maybe you know they think that they're too busy to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. They think, but but you're, you know, you're never too busy to 
you know, talk to your significant other. You know what I'm saying? You could you could do that by, you know, over you know, by preparing a meal together, you know what I'm saying, and have a conversation. You can do it then. You know, it's not like you have to sit down at a at a table like you're, you know, at a business meeting, you know, saying, No, you don't have to do it that way. You know, you can say, Look, you know, why don't we, you know, cook some spaghetti tonight, you know, and just, you know, hang out and you can talk that way. You know, but you have to like you have to make time for each other to have important conversations about what you two want from each other mm-hmm. and how you want the relationship to move forward. You have to you have to take time to do those things, and you have the time. It's not like you don't have it. It's just that you two have to make the time for one another and not take the marriage or relationship for granted thinking that the other person is going to always be there because that may not necessarily be the case. People, people, you know, they have a tipping point, Uh you know, people, people have a tipping point and you don't want to reach that, you know, if you want to keep the marriage intact. So, you know, you just have to make time, you know? Right. Yeah. I, 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 I have a difficult time when people tell me that they don't have time and I'm looking at them going, you, if you don't have time to have a regular conversations with your partner, why are you in this relationship? <laughs> you know, it, it, it is it kind of like, you know, I mean, now I suppose that there are some people or maybe there are times of a year where maybe, you know, you don't have time because of things that are going on. But I think for the most part, most of us do. But are there, so Lewis, are there other aspects of relationship other than, trust and an open conversation that people should be focusing on? Uh, a lot of times couples, when, they, when they're in a marriage and they're together for a long time, they stop dating, mm-hmm. which is a problem. This is a, this is a real big issue. You know, and I've, you know, I've talked about it, you know, at nausea, but <laughs> this is the issue. You just, you can't do that because dating is what, brought you two together, mm-hmm. and part of the reason you decided to get married is because you dated one another, you courted one another, mm-hmm. and you, you went places together. You, you know, you, you talked about things when you were on dates. Mm-hmm. You, you need to keep doing that. You need to keep doing Now, you don't have to do it every weekend or anything right. like that, but you need to have a regular dating schedule and it doesn't have to be at night you know people kill me with that you know right. they get into this date, this date night thing you know what I'm saying where right. it's like a date thing no you can you can have dates in the daytime right. there's nothing there's nothing wrong with dating in the daytime but you have to make this time to continue to date one another so that you can continue to grow as a couple because you're human beings you know okay. we're just human beings with flesh with blood with feelings with emotions so if we don't put in the work to grow and cultivate anything, you know what I'm saying, then it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? You, right. can't just, you can't just have a plant and you just sit the plant in the house. <laughs> you don't talk to the plant. You don't water the plant. You don't get a plant any sunlight. And you expect the plant to grow and, and, and continue to blossom. It's not going to happen. No. You know what I'm saying? So we're human beings. We, we need that from our significant other. We need, we need to continue to grow and cultivate the marriage and relationship. And dating is an excellent way to do that. So right. that's, that's my advice here. Right. And, and my, my listeners know that I talk about, 
you know, dating is, and dating is to be with each other, enjoy each other's company, not talk about the bills, not talk about the kids, not, you know, but it's, it's having fun and, and being with this person that you've chosen. And, you know, it's like most things, it's easier to, to, keep it going then you know to stay healthy then try to get healthy so it's like if you're just starting out guys please don't stop dating if you've been together for a while and you haven't been dating it's like start because and it might feel a little awkward at times but but you know it is about going and doing fun things together and you know, I, I suggest that you have, you know, I, I suggest date jars where, you know, you write down things that you would like to do and you stick it in a jar. So when you're trying to figure out, you know, so when you're planning a date, you don't have to do it from scratch. You just go to the jar and go, okay, what are we going to do this time? Um, you know, make mm-hmm. it fun. But, you know, but, you know and, and we get, and again, I, but I, get, I hear, well, we don't have time to do that, you know, or it costs too much and that by the way you don't have to you can have a date that doesn't cost any money at all um Mm -hmm. we just have to start getting a little bit more creative about these things because it really is what keeps us connected to each other and and that's why we're married right i mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) so what else other than dating what else should couples be be paying attention to yeah, well, you know, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, this this is the P, so I'm going to be quick. Okay. I'm going to be fast with you. Many times when couples get upset with each other, mm-hmm. right, they get into, you know, a little funk. They stop having sex. That is a problem. Yes. No, you, you, you don't, you don't stop that then. No, you, 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 you. Try to increase it at that time. Right. Don't stop. That's not what you want because when when now I don't mean just like you know I mean actually where you you're love making. Yes. Don't no you 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 need to go forward with that because it's another form of intimacy that bonds the couple together. Mm-hmm. So and when you stop doing that, you're pulling you're pulling further apart you're not you're not the, the, the chances of you getting closer at that time it reduces because you're not being intimate in that way anymore mm-hmm. so you need to like keep that connection going during that time you know what I'm saying but many couples they stop it because there's a problem in the relationship and they mm-hmm. you know they're not uh, they're not communicating well well you can't that's not the way to do it that's all I'm saying. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and, and you know, and this is the time where, where if couples are struggling with that, that's when they need to call you or they need to call me because, because you're right. I mean, and and you know, if if, and I know that um, keeping keeping your romantic life alive, um, you know. It, it's not all about what's happening in the bedroom, but, but we do crave, we, you know, human beings crave that physical touch, that, that deeper connection. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's about making love, not necessarily the physical act and making love can be, you know, all kinds of different things. 
but it really is, you know, people seriously underestimate, even though they shouldn't after the last couple of years, but the, you know, we need that human contact. That was one of the worst things about the pandemic was when people couldn't physically be together and physically touch each other. This was, we've had serious mental health issues around because of, because of this. And, you know, and, and when you're living in your, in a house with somebody and you're estranged, that's, that's extraordinarily painful. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where they're, they're, it's worth the time and the energy and the effort to get things back on track. So I think that's a perfect segue. Um, so, Lewis, can you share where, they, where my listeners can learn more about you, get in contact with you, read your, read your articles, you name it? Okay. Okay, you can find everything on my link tree. Every, the website is there. You schedule a call there. You can find my blog blog uh, post there. It's linktr.ee slash L-O-U-I-S. My mother didn't like the E and the W. M-O-R-R-I-S. Yeah, that's where you can find everything. Linktree, linktr.ee slash Lewis Morris. You can find everything over there. Yeah, okay. real simple. Well, Lewis, thank you so much. And you know, my new go-to expression is that no one has to take a Relationship 101 class, and everyone should. Knowing not only what makes relationships work, but also having practice with the essential skills and tools will make the difference between success and failure. So what information, other than what you've heard today, do you need to be fully committed to your marriage? And hopefully one of those things will be to continue to listen to this show and until next week stay loving Thanks for listening to another episode of the Heart Matters Podcast for relationship, spiritual coaching and resources. Go to the Heart Matters brand link tree, which is linktr.ee slash L-O-U-I-S-M-O-R-R-I-S. That's linktr.ee slash L-O-U-I-S-M-O-R-R-I-S and we will see you again soon.